What up, world? Welcome on and all to another episode of The Ocho, presented to you in partnership, as always, with SB Nation's bloggingtheboys.com. My name is RJ Ochoa. You know me, of course, from BTB and from right here as your humble host on The Ocho. It is Tuesday, June 9th, 2020. We hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy, practicing social distancing, and we hope that talking about the Dallas Cowboys brings you joy in some way, shape, or form. Um want to say thank you to everybody who reached out after, you know, kind of announcing that my family and I are moving uh, on Monday's episode. It was very kind of you to say that's why I love our Cowboys and our BTB family here. Uh, also want to say big thank you to everybody who enjoyed Trista Crick on Monday's episode of Girls Talking Boys. A uh, really fun interview that Kelsey and Meg had with Trista. If you haven't heard it yet, make sure you do go back in your podcast feed, uh, wherever you're listening to the Blog of the Boys podcast on Apple devices, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. Uh, it was super fun. It was super awesome. Awesome. Um, I also, you know, enjoyed hearing about her career and how it got started. Um, I do think that's a fun question. If you could, you know, bring back any cowboy in his prime and put him on the 2020 Dallas Cowboys, I do actually agree with Trista's answer and Dion because um, we, I shot a video for our YouTube channel. Uh, we will have a lot of videos actually this week on the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel, so make sure you go subscribe there as well. And on one of them, uh, I know we've talked about this at different stages, but I talked about the position groups most likely to disappoint all of us in 2020, and um, the secondary was my answer. And if you put Prime D on there, no pun intended, uh, I think um, yeah, I think that answer changes quite a bit. Um, this is, you know, we've talked about this too. This is the time of year for hypotheticals and what ifs and rankings. And that was something that John Michauda talked about uh, a little while back on Girls Talking Boys. And, you know, that because this is, there's not a lot that's happening in the NFL right now. Uh, and so a lot of people are drumming up different, you know, thoughts on, you know, what how to stretch your Cowboys imagination. And so um, there were a couple that uh, we're going to get into in a little bit. But uh, before we do, it is worth noting that um, it's possible that NFL camps could open in the middle of July. We wrote about this at the site. Um, we don't know what the future is going to look like, right? Obviously, the pandemic has uh, shifted a lot of the way uh, we operate and the way we're going to operate. You know, um, on ESPN San Antonio on Monday, we had an athletic director for one of the school districts in uh, in the Alamo City on, and he talked about how it's so difficult planning this and planning that, and that's just one walk of life in one city, you know, one area, et cetera. There's so many professions and so many businesses and so many capacities that have been affected and that are going to continue to be affected, um, and it's just it's so impossible to measure. So we really don't know exactly what's going to happen, but uh, we did find out that the new CBA dictates that teams can report 47 days before their first regular season game, which means the report date for most teams would be July 28th. Now, um, you know, it's possible that mid-July is uh, when return to action happens. We know that NFL coaching staff, save for the 49ers, are back at their team facilities. But Tom Pelissero from NFL Media had a tweet. There was a lot of, you know, verbiage in the NFL's uh, language that came out on Monday. And the highlights that Tom Pelissero highlighted, again, on Twitter at Tom Pelissero, the uh, founder of the McCarthy Project. Um, anyway, tweeted locker rooms reconfigured or, go, or excuse me are going to be reconfigured to permit people being six feet apart I want to get to that in a second meetings must be conducted virtually when possible helmets shoulder pads etc disinfected after each game and masks are required except when interfering with athletic activities now I don't know what constitutes as an athletic activity you know I mean 
you've likely seen masks here, masks there, some masks, no masks. I mean, depending on where you live and, and what you were doing, I mean, there's there's different, you know, different protocols being put in place and different protocols that are being followed or not being followed. Uh, but this is the way the NFL wants this to go. Now, on the subject of helmets and shoulder pads, et cetera, being disinfected, that sounds like a lot of work. However, that I think is the easiest to pull off. I saw a video over the weekend of um, in preparation of a NASCAR race, and there was this actual um like helmet disinfection station it kind of looked like the um the little box you uh, put your stuff in when you go through security uh, when you're going to board a flight and you know each driver i guess had their helmet go through and it's wiped and etc and i guess you know one or two or however many people are are defined to be that person and so that to me seems doable the meetings being conducted virtually when possible i don't know how that's going to fly i don't know if coaches are going to hold to that but the thing about this uh, the, the first note from Tom Pelissero, and it was all over the place. Locker rooms are going to be reconfigured to permit people being six feet apart. Now, ESPN's Todd Archer did note that the Cowboys are in a little bit you know, more of an advantageous, I suppose you could put it that way, uh, situation than the rest of the NFL because they do have such an elaborate setup at the star. Now, just talking about the Cowboys' home locker room, and, and because this is going to be the reality, right? I mean, at practice, at during the games, home games, away games, all the stadiums the teams go to, and every stadium, etc. But talking about the Cowboys' home locker room, I have no idea how they are going to set up uh, every player being six feet apart. And what's more than that, I have no idea how they're going to do that, you know, in the tunnels, you know, in the showers, you know, during the game. But the other thing is, you know, in when it comes to the locker rooms or et cetera, you've typically, you know, or you've probably seen, you know, on TV or something, um, you know, Demarcus Lawrence after a Cowboys game does an interview at his locker and there's a scrum. I mean, it, it is literally a throng of people. I have no idea how that's going to be handled. Uh, some teams have players kind of, you know, show up to a podium. That's what Dak Prescott does um, after the game and answer questions that way. I have to imagine that that's what's going to happen um, week in and week out across the NFL. But, you know, after a Cowboys game, for example, a home game, Various players will talk and road games too. You know, you, you you know sometimes Jordan Lewis talks, sometimes player X talks, sometimes player Y talks, sometimes player X or Y doesn't talk. Um, and if it is defined, you know, these players are going to be going to these stations, kind of like I guess if you've ever watched opening night during the Super Bowl, they have all these players at different stations, and you can walk around and ask them different questions, and that's a big throng as well. But that I think is the only way this is going to work. That's just my personal opinion. Um, there's obviously a lot of questions that we need answers to. And so um, the next uh, the next few months are going to be going to be interesting to say the least. Uh, the PJ Tour is back this week, so I'm very excited about that. Maybe going to get in on some DraftKings options. If you're a, a PJ Tour DraftKings player, hit me up because I uh, I definitely want to talk about my lineup this week. I want I want to figure it out. I'm at Ochoa on Twitter and Instagram. Um, my DMs are open if you want to talk about it. You can also email me rj.ochoa at sbnation.com. Now, back to uh, more on-the-field, more normal-time uh, subjects with regards to the Dallas Cowboys. Pro Football Focus, PFF, the analytics gods. Uh, PFF did a ranking. They do a lot of fun and interesting rankings, and I know you know some of their metrics and some of their systems are not as approved by some people. But PFF did a ranking of offensive tackles, rather pairs of offensive tackles in the NFL. So they ranked you know, each team's left and right tackle pair. And the Dallas Cowboys obviously have Tyron Smith, who is among the better left tackles in the NFL? I think it's. I think we all agree, right? He's no longer the best left tackle in the NFL, which is okay. It's okay to say that. Ty Tyron Smith on a bad day is still a top 
three, maybe top five at the absolute worst tackle in the NFL. So that's good. Um, Cowboys have Tyron Smith and Lyle Collins. Now, Lyle Collins, I remain convinced is still largely underrated, undervalued, however you want to put it. A lot of that is because he's played in an era with Tyron, with Zach Martin, with Travis Frederick. And so he's just kind of the fourth guy. You know what I mean? Um, He's kind of like, you know, for me, my favorite Ninja Turtle was Donatello, right? And then my second favorite was Leonardo. And then my third was probably Michelangelo. And so Raphael was cool, but... You know, he wasn't like the first dude I thought of. You know what I mean? And that's kind of, I think, how Lyle Collins has been for some Cowboys fans in terms of thinking about offensive linemen. You know, like, if you know somebody that got a, an offensive lineman jersey, right? The first one was Tyron, right? I got to get a Tyron jersey. Then it was, well, you know, I got to get Zach Martin. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. And then it was, well, Fred Beard, you got to get Travis. You know what I mean? And so, I don't know. Unless you're a big LSU person, I just, I, I mean, that's my own read on it. But anyway, PFF ranked uh, the Cowboys offensive tackle, or rather the, all of the offensive tackle tandems in the NFL. And the Cowboys with Tyron Smith and Lyle Collins came in at number two, numero dos. The Dallas Cowboys, according to Pro Football Focus, have the second best pair of offensive tackles in the game, Uh sports baby and uh i think that's fair i i really do think that's fair if you're curious number one was not the baltimore ravens it was the new orleans saints with teron armstead and ryan ramchick and given where tyron is right now i think that that's fair um i know that some people will be like dude tyron's still awesome they're the best and if you want to make that case fine i just i'm not as riled up about it um for what it's worth um, if, if you go off of PFF's individual rankings for last season, uh, Ryan Ramchick was the top overall offensive tackle by their metric. Uh, Lyle Collins was fifth, the fifth best offensive tackle. Teron Armstead was ninth. So New Orleans has, you know, the first and ninth ranked tackles and the Cowboys had the fifth and Lyle Collins and Tyron Smith finished at 16th. And this bears repeating. Okay. Because we have, if you did not know before, for whatever reason, now you clearly know, because you're listening to it right here, that the Cowboys have one of the best pairs of offensive tackles in the NFL, right? Okay, understood. That is clearly important, and they are clearly very good, and they are clearly very valuable. Maybe that would stand to reason why the Cowboys were so bad against the New York Jets. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe the fact that they were missing the second best pair of tackles in the NFL had something to do with that. Well, if Dak Prescott's so great and we're going to pay him all this money, why should he need the best, your second best offensive tackles in the NFL? Dude, anybody would need them. I mean, you know, the better your tackles, the better you are. Uh, but the reality is when you are not having those players around, you are going to regress, which is what happened to the Cowboys in uh, New York last season. So that was cool. The biggest uh, topic, I guess, the biggest thing floating around Twitter, and I saw Jeff Cavanaugh from 105 Through the Fan um, interact with somebody. I think it was Cowboys Nation, uh, our friends over at Inside the Star, um, and, and said this about this topic. The topic is ESPN went and drafted the whole NFL. Uh, if you've ever done like a Madden league and you do the fantasy version and you just literally draft every player in the NFL, it's kind of what you know ESPN did. They used the draft order from last season, uh, or for, excuse me, from this past most recent draft. Um, and so, like the Cincinnati Bengals had the number one overall pick. Each team got four picks. The goal was to, or for every person, all the ESPN writers doing this, to put together a team that was capable of winning a Super Bowl within five years, they had to have a quarterback, a non-quarterback offensive player, a defensive player, 
and then a wild card, which was up to the person drafting. Now, what Kavanaugh said uh, was that this is a great topic for radio, um, and it is. This is if this is if you listen to sports talk radio, you you definitely know this is classic sports talk radio one hundred and one. And this goes back to the list thing that we were talking about that Mishota said. Any time you could put together a list or a ranking or a re-ranking or a reorder or power ranking. People are going to be pissed, right? <laughs> People are going to be mad. They're going to say, he should have gone higher. He shouldn't have gone here, whatever. And the reality, this is a weird exercise, okay? I'll be honest with you. It's weird to just one day randomly say, hey, let's redraft the entire NFL. Why? What What? What will that do? What will that prove? But it is kind of, in a loose way, an evaluation of how, at the very least in this specific case, ESPN's writers view the talent in the National Football League. So, Seven Dallas Cowboys were on the list. Again, they went in the order of the 2020 NFL Draft. The first Cowboy off the board was one of the best Cowboys on the squad. That's right. I said it. Dak Prescott went ninth overall to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Woo! That'd be weird. That would be weird. Uh, That'd be very weird, actually. (laughs) Um, But for what it's worth... Dak Prescott was the sixth quarterback taken. So if you are of a you know the mindset that Dak is not great, he's not a top ten dude, whatever, blah blah. These are the only quarterbacks that were taken ahead of Dak Prescott in this exercise: Pat Mahomes, Duh, Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, and Drew Brees. And we're talking current day. So I think that in who who they are as players in 2020, there is definitely a case for Dak Prescott over Drew Brees. So he was first. Second was Tyron Smith and. Interestingly enough, Tyron Smith was actually drafted by the Dallas Cowboys with the 48th overall pick. So Tyron stays home uh, in this exercise. The third Cowboy, Zeke Elliott, goes to the Miami Dolphins with the 60th overall pick. And then the fourth Cowboy. Remember, Dak, Tyron, Zeke. This is kind of a measurement of how ESPN writers view the Cowboys. The fourth Cowboy, CeeDee Lamb. And this is in a contractless world. So it's not like you know, random ESPN Ryan, not that they're random, but you get my point, is saying, I'd rather have CeeDee Lamb on a rookie deal than Amari Cooper on the brand new extension he signed. No, no, no. This is literally just talent. So CeeDee Lamb goes to the Atlanta Falcons at 80th overall. And uh, as my dog, yeah, I know, Bear, I get it. It's weird that CeeDee Lamb would go that high, you know? he's And you know what, Bear? He's probably pissed that the Bears didn't get him. I think that's what it is. And I know we kind of went through this last football season when the Cowboys played the Bears. I've kind of realized, and shout out to my wife for uh, getting the dog outside right now, I've kind of realized that we now, thanks to what we named our dog, forever have this, I don't want to call it a rivalry, but when the Cowboys played the Bears, my dog is clearly, you know at an emotional fork in the road, right? He's probably thinking like, well, what do I do? My, I'm a Cowboys dog. My caller's a Cowboys caller. I mean, but my name is Bear. You know, those are my namesakes. What do I do? I mean, I I did not mean to put that plight on his shoulders, but somehow uh, I've done that. But anyway, so CeeDee Lamb goes fourth, or is the fourth Cowboy, I should say, off the board to the Falcons with the 80th overall pick. Amari Cooper next uh, with the 87th overall pick goes to the New England Patriots. There's something interesting about that. going to get to that in a second. Demarcus Lawrence, by the way, went after Justin Tucker to put in perspective how weird this exercise was. Demarcus Lawrence went 102nd overall to the Seattle Seahawks. The last Cowboy taken, Zach Martin by the New York Jets at 118. Remember that the Jets, who we already talked about today, asked for Zach Martin or Tyron Smith uh, in the Jamal Adams discussions last fall. Um, So never mind the fact that Demarcus Lawrence went, and Zach Martin for that matter, 
went after Justin Tucker. There's no Michael Gallup. There's no Lyle Collins. This is a weird list. All right. And, and I think that, and, and Trista mentioned this on Girls Talking Boys on Monday. I think every reporter here covers their own team. And so they probably know their team and know their division quite well. And so sometimes in, you know, lenses like that or through lenses like that, players like Michael Gallup and Lyle Collins just slip through the cracks. That's why they're underrated. Uh, in terms of who the Cowboys came away with, uh, as you know, Dak Prescott was off the board in the first round. They did, you know, the rules, remember, you had to have a quarterback. The Cowboys took Kyler Murray. So, you know, hey could be a lot worse um you end up with kyler murray and i am a fighting texas aggie kyler murray was once a fighting texas aggie we can leave the conversation there uh as mentioned they took tyron smith in the second round now this is what i wanted to get back to amari cooper went 87th overall to the new england patriots before that the cowboys took keenan allen that's interesting would you take keenan allen over amari cooper today i mean if you could just swap them you know contracts and everything independent if you could just put keenan allen on the Cowboys, take Amari Cooper off, so your wide receiver trio would be Keenan Allen, Michael Gallup, CeeDee Lamb. Would you prefer that to Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and CeeDee Lamb? I don't know that I would. I, I, I really don't know that I would. Um, I think I'd lean Amari Cooper, but that is very, the very least interesting. But the Cowboys needed a defensive player after those three picks and came away with Max Crosby. Um, you know, fun player, uh, whatnot, but, you know, interesting exercise to say the least. Like I said, a really fun talk radio uh, segment you probably heard, uh, you know, on a station or two. But uh, but yeah, speaking of talk radio, I'll be on ESPN San Antonio's The Blitz all week, like I have been, you know, for the last few months. Um, and uh, Jason Minix and I are going to get into a lot of things. Lamarcus Aldridge ruled out uh, for the playoffs for the Spurs. Ugh, I know it hurts, um, but you know we'll we'll find a way to power through. We got a lot of things to get to, uh, which we will do uh, on The Blitz as we always do. Uh, we have a lot of fun stuff coming your way throughout the week on BloggingTheBoys.com, your home for the best Dallas Cowboys coverage on the internet. As mentioned, we have. Th- Three different videos coming your way starting today, I believe. I'm pretty certain. Yeah, today's Tuesday. Uh, on the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel. Go subscribe to the YouTube channel. We have fun stuff coming and fun stuff planned for the football season. Uh, so I think you'll really enjoy it. I've been using YouTube a lot more myself lately uh, to consume different content. And I got to say, it's an underrated social media platform. And you know what else I've been doing? I don't think I've said. I started watching Seinfeld. I, I've seen the first like four seasons, uh, but I'm I'm watching the whole thing front to, to end. I, I'm going to do it. I've never done that before, so I'm going to do that. I'm in the middle of season two right now, uh, so that's cool. Uh, make sure to subscribe right here to the official Blog and the Boys podcast feed. Uh, we're available on all major podcast platforms, Apple devices, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. Uh, we will have a new episode of the 750 later today. However, it will be myself and not Tony Casillas. You'll have to uh, listen later on to find out who it is. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Instagram, as mentioned, at RJ Ochoa. And uh, yeah, tomorrow we'll have a new episode of Talking the Star. And then Thursday, broadcasting the boys. Friday, Girls Talking Boys will be back. And we'll just keep running this thing back. Uh, we did pick a, uh, a team of my Saturday show, the Saturday Morning Hangover, the Boston Celtics. That's, that's where, besides the Milwaukee Bucks, that's where my NBA interests lie for the uh, next couple of months. I'm a complicated NBA fan. We'll get into it later. Uh, do me a favor. Have the absolute best Tuesday of all time. You know why? Because you deserve it. We will see you manana, my friends. As always, go Cowboys and peace out.